I'm your host, Vanessa Fewings, author of the Enthrall Sessions, the Icon Trilogy from Harlequin, Perfume Girl and Pervade London. And I'm proud to be a member of Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. Thank you so much for joining us this week, guys. I'm super excited to say we have an amazing guest, Tiff Marcella is joining us today on The Romance Show. Tiff is a veteran army nurse with a Bachelor of Science in Nursing, and she was born in the Philippines, and she was raised in the diverse city of San Francisco. Her latest book is called The Key to Happily Ever After. It's a charming rom-com about three sisters struggling to keep the family wedding planning business afloat while trying to keep their own happily after, ever afters in the process. BuzzFeed named the key to happily ever after that book you need to seriously read. It's my pleasure to welcome to the Romance Show, Tiff Marcello. Welcome to the show, Tiff. Hello, and thank you so much for having me, Vanessa. I'm so happy to be here today. I'm so excited to be able to chat with you today. Thank you for joining us. Yay! <laughs> we talk to you about your book from Gallery Books. It came out in May. Is that right? That's correct. It came out May 14, and it's been a wonderful whirlwind since then. Um, I'm actually on vacation for the next 10 days, and it feels really weird to kind of not be celebrating every day because it feels like I've been celebrating every day since May 14. Oh, oh my gosh, congratulations. Congratulations on your book. Oh, we know what an effort it is to put something out yes. like this. And I thank you for joining us, considering on vacation, we've stolen some time. Yay. <laughs> Tell me about the inspiration for this book. You know, it's, it really comes from three things. Um, one is my inspiration the, the three inspirations are one is uh the powerhood of um of sisterhood the the power of sisterhood um i'm a military spouse still and i've just developed some great friendships in the last 21 years the um most i guess inspiring time for me was uh, at a duty station in upstate new york and I was placed into like an apartment building with three other women and they were all vastly different from me. And they ended up being my most best friends for those two years. And then they, are, they still hold such a special place in my heart. And I don't have sisters. I have two brothers. And I've just carried that sentimentality and that, um, that love with me all this time. And then the second is... Uh, the bananas <laughs> business of weddings yeah. and I had two ceremonies because we had to get stationed together so we got married before we got married <laughs> we got married in the justice of the peace and then um and then I got married at the cap in the catholic church later so those were two kind of crazy moments for me but it kind of put me on this obsession for weddings like I had Martha Stewart wedding magazines for like five years even after I got married because it just it's so so beautiful you know the weddings and now with Pinterest and um, the third thing really is just the love of the DC area um, we lived in DC for three times now um, three years or three times three years each time so a total of nine years so I 
wanted to write about the second home of mine. Uh, and all of the weddings in this book and all of the weddings occur in Northern Virginia and in the DC area. So th- those three things really were what meant most to me when I was writing this book. I, gosh, that's, that's so wonderful. And it sounds like you yep. your heart into it because it was something that you'd experienced um, on a slightly different level. As you say, there's, there is, it's a sisterhood, but it's the same thing. It's the same thing. You know, it's a bond. Yeah. That's pretty profound. Yeah, it's definitely. And I still, I, you know, when, even though I don't have my own sisters and I have these military sisters, I also have now author sisters, you know, and, um, and I have extended family sisters of whom I grew up with in the, in California, because all of our families kind of moved to the United States around the same time. And they were all friends from years ago. And now their children are my cousins. Uh, they were not related. These cousins of mine um, have really made a difference in my life. I feel like I'm, I'm here because of the women that have grown me, yes. <laughs> you know? Uh, and I, this is real. This book was really an homage to them. And how different these three sisters and the key to happily ever after were so starkly different. And yet they have to come together to build this wedding shop. And essentially that's what you have to do as a military spouse. You know, there's things that need to happen with your family and, and with the community and you have to work together despite your differences, despite from coming from different parts of the world and who you are and, and to just accept each other for who you are. And I, I yeah. was talking a little bit before, and I was sharing with you that I was a nurse in the British Army too. Um, yes, I love it. Common. Yeah, and then yeah. So I think that you kind of get this this sense of being able to, to reach yourself, move somewhere new, and make friends, and just be open to that, and uh, be open to trusting very quickly and. Uh, those bonds do last a lifetime. I'm friend with, friends with many of my army buddies that I knew in my 20s, so I'm still friends with them. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And I think that also comes with being a nurse. You know, like, um, I was a um, labor and delivery postpartum nurse. Uh, and it's you have to bond with your patient in such a small amount of time. You know, and then they have to trust you in that small amount of time as well. You know, when you're laboring with a woman, um, you know, they are showing you their most intimate selves in that time, you know, um, they're, and they have to emotionally trust you. They have to trust you with their bodies. And it, you, it, like when I, you know, we lived in a small army post. So when I would see these women like out in the commissary later on, you know, there's that love there, despite only, you know, spending probably 12 hours together, a shift together. So all of these experiences, as much as you can, despite not knowing them completely, or despite the short amount of time that you've spent with them, you know, it's, these are good life lessons. I think it was for me. Um, and I also, and I think you when I when I I was a midwife in the army too, so I was a little bit. That's amazing. 
delivery when I came to America for many years. I wasn't a midwife in America. I'd work labor and delivery like you and postpartum. Yeah. And um, I think that it's a very sacred experience and you don't often get to see people so vulnerable and they really need you at that time. But also I see the power of the female species, like you see women. At Agreed. August, and you just... I went into midwifery very young. I went in at 21, I think I was, or 22. Mm -hmm. And I remember seeing women differently for the first time. I was like, wow, this is what the female kind are capable of. It was very inspirational. Agreed. And, you know, the first two years of my nursing career, uh, I worked in orthopedics and general medicine. And so the my patients were mixed, um, both male and female. And then, um, then I, of course, and then I moved from labor and delivery. And it, it, that is totally and absolutely true about how you witness the power of, <laughs> of women. And since then, like, like after a week of being there, I said, I don't, if I am to stay in nursing, I am not moving from this part of the hospital, you know, because there's just something about the power of giving birth and then like within a couple of hours of giving birth you have to turn around and care for another being and it every single I like I it would still put me to tears like even year, years after as a as a postpartum nurse and they you know brand new couplet were to come onto a floor it still touches me about how the lens the mother's lens changes immediately not necessarily about her body to the baby do you know what I mean um it's, a it's, lot. it's, it's definitely a lot is asked of women yeah I want to yeah. ask what's that moment you're in you're you're in the military you're nursing and then you're going to write a novel now I know that you were inspired to write and you were reading at a very young age. Um, so that was always with you. Tell me about that moment when you go, I'm going to write a book. Right. So I was, I think, 10 years old. And um, it was the summer that I read The Outsiders. And I looked in Essie Hinton's bio and it said that she wrote or published that book at the age of 15. So in my mind, I said, I'm going to write a book by the time I'm 15. I'm going to be just like this author. And what I did is I called my dad that same summer. And my dad, who was an immigrant, he was, uh, we were American citizens by birth, but we lived in the Philippines and I was born in the Philippines. But, you know, it, it's still a lot for a family to move to the United States and to really start from scratch still. And he just looked at me and he said, you know, that's not going to do. I, I think that they were, my, both my parents were very pragmatic and they were very practical. And they suggested that I do something that would earn money. Yes. And, um, and my mom had suggested, you know, planted a little seed and said, uh, I think you should be a nurse because I think she understood that I was empathetic from the very beginning. I'm, I was an empathetic kid and, and I was a very caring, caring little girl, you know, and I, took care of you know just my personality and but I never really stopped reading I never stopped writing little stories and I continued 
I kind of just stoked that love of reading and writing, even while I was in the military. So we were stationed in Germany, and I even applied to this how to write class. And back then, there was no major internet traffic going on. So I would snail mail this instructor who I never met somewhere in the United States. And his name was John Smith. It's the most common name ever. And then he would, he would write, he would write in the margins of my paper. And then we would go back and forth. And it was like how to write it. And I just kept it up. And I used, I kind of squelched some of this love of this creative love with other things. Like I would um, cook for people or I would make invitations. And when the blogging world kind of began, I jumped in. Right. And that was, I started blogging three posts a week. So it was really such an important part of my growth and process as a writer because I was, my blog is still up, um, or my most recent years, the last 10 years is still up. But I was blogging way before then under Zanga. It was another blogging platform. And it was my normal everyday life. And I, can, I practiced writing that way. And it was my mom, actually, that came back to me about, you know, six years ago or six or seven years ago and said, you know, your blog posts are just beautiful. Uh, you should you should write. And I was like, are you crazy? And I, I told her, that's, that's ridiculous, mom. I have, you know, three kids and they're all under the age of 10. I'm like, there's no way I can write a book. But I listened to her again. Um, and never say, don't listen to your mother. I mean, you know, she's probably laughing when she re- listens to this, she'll laugh. But uh, I started writing again and um, I started querying when my, when my fourth daughter, so my fourth daughter was born and my fourth kiddo. And I started querying when she, around when she was one around that. And then I, uh, years later, you know, many manuscripts later, um, I got my agent and now I'm published. So it was such a long process and I'm sorry, that was probably super long, but, um, it was, it's such an important lesson, you know, of, of, uh, resilience and, um, and of just, uh, to keep going, you know, in this, in this business. I would say that this is a this is a general normal story for all of us. Like it's it's now and again someone will write a novel and then it'll be boom, it'll be picked up or you see someone yeah. overnight success. Very often they've been writing for a few years, but it's it does yeah. generally take time. And I think what's wonderful about that is you're you're crafting your story, you're learning to write and rewrite. You pick up books on writing and you know you learn things like dropping the adverbs or something yeah you know and you get into your writing style and you find your voice and it does take time and um yeah there's it took me a little while too or quite a while to find my amazing agent Kimberly Whalen who I absolutely worship and you know so it does take a while for you to kind of find that great fit and 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 you know, and aim for the stars and it works. It have, I always say there's a line between not having an agent and all you do is you step over it and one day you've got a literary agent and it's incredible. And then you've got a, you've finished your manuscript or you've got, you know, a book in Barnes and Noble and all Target. I know your books are in Target. And it's like, it's yes. 
And if you just keep going and keep really be passionate about your craft and have faith in yourself, you're going to get there as a writer. Yes, I agree. And, and, you know, there's just, and I think what it is too, after a while you create a plan. And I think that's, um, so there were so many years where all I did was practice and practice. I'm still practicing now every day, but for years it was just practice and practice. And someday you, you know, one day I woke up and I said, okay, now I create a plan. And that was when I think for me, it wasn't, just getting the agent, but it was a little bit before then when I decided that I was going to be serious. It was, it was the time in that moment when I took myself seriously. Um, and, and I even made, had made a decision. I, I was actually querying, but I wasn't taking myself seriously. Does that make sense? Like I was going through the motions of querying, but I was not a hundred percent sure that I believed it was going to happen. And right before I which is my first book, right before I queried then, I had made a decision with that manuscript. And I said, I am a writer and I am going to be an author with or without an agent. You know, I, I was going to make that decision. Um, and that was about five, after five or so years of querying and many more years of, of practicing. And, and I don't know if the world heard, you know, when everything kind of all lined up because you know at the time my you know my current agent she wasn't actually taking queries uh, but I pitched on the Twitter contest and and so had she not been on that day you know there's so much only takes one and just one Oh, you're breaking up a little bit, Tiff. So I'm going to have you repeat oh. what you just said. Um, what I said was it's, it takes one agent right. and it takes one editor to get you to where you want to be in traditional publishing. So I w- am just so thankful that everything kind of happened yes. in that order. <laughs> because you see at writing conference and you'll see these authors who have you know they've got the agent and the book in Barnes and Noble and they're doing amazingly well and sometimes they hit this sometimes they haven't but you see them all huddled together and you're like how do I break into that what advice right. do you give them how do they break into that um you know my suggestion is to really be your authentic self and uh I think from that comes um everything else you know being yourself and i i think what it is is too is i think that we can always look at some a, a group of authors and 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 make assumptions about about their success but if you really are honest with yourself you most often you'll find the most important people in your life already there you know, and you've already found success. I think that if you were to be yourself and really look at your surroundings, I think that you find everything you need right there, you know. So when I look around me, I see my friends that have been with me from day one. Yeah. And and then I'm also discovering people because I've opened my eyes and 
to them. So I think that would be my my advice. I love that. I absolutely love that. I mean, I think being authentic self, people tend to sense that, especially writers, we, we tend to study the human condition and, you know, and it's, I, I think it's basically make genuine friends and, and read and right. authors and it all, you know, falls into place, doesn't it? It's just, it just feels fabulous. You just have this great, these great connections of people who really care and they share these little tricks and tips on publishing and advertising or, yeah. Know, put a book out they'll share that your book is out with their with their readers and and it's a wonderful community isn't it I feel very lucky to be part of it it is and I think that there's enough people for everybody because personalities of course you're never really going to get along with everybody because you know you've worked with nurses and with patients who are all women and I come from that environment as well and you know that personalities won't always mesh Um, but I think that respect can be across the board so if it doesn't work out that you guys are going to be best friends usually you can actually you went quiet there so I'm going to. Oh, no. <laughs> so we could all fill in the blank and say, oh, yes, what are you going to do to this author. <laughs> say it again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, there's just a community for everybody, in my opinion. Yes, absolutely. I just want to say again, you're on vacation. So you're, you're, are you? Yes. You're kind of, we've stolen you out of being on vacation, which is very cheeky. And um, you're, <laughs> kind of, are you in the, in the woods or something right now? I don't give too much away. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in the camp. I'm on a uh, in a campsite, so um, I've snuck away and I'm in a camp chair behind this building thing. So <laughs> I'm just going out to buy a can of Coke. They don't know that I've stolen you away. They don't know. You're <laughs> I wish they cigarettes, but I'm not sure. <laughs> That's what I know. There's like, where's mom? <laughs> She's gone. You come back without the camera code. You're like, oh, okay. I know. Um, She's so gone with another family. <laughs> so easy to do that. Uh, so, <laughs> writing day look for you when you are, you know, when you are writing. So I get up fairly early. I get up at 5 a.m. and I write for about a couple of hours and then usually my first child will wake up and I break at that point and I might get a couple of hours here and there throughout the day but that's pretty much it. Um, I am a mom of four so uh, I try to be as present as possible with my kids you know um is how you balance it because i saw a post the other day a very sweet lady in i think it was alessandra tour's page for authors she was saying how do you guys do it i have children i'm trying to write a book and it's really hard to find the time and i think you just showed us how to do it you get up extra early when everyone's asleep in the house and uh, yeah go for it and hopefully yeah nap in the afternoon that's all i'm thinking 
Yeah. And, and I think when my, you know, when my younger kiddos were still uh, infants and toddlers, then I would even have a couple of hours when they would nap in the afternoon. So those were actually easier times for me when they were younger. Now that they're older, they really want my attention. (laughs) And when they talk to me, like they expect a response, you know, like when they were much younger, I could distract them a little, then head back to my computer. But I am more cognizant about my time with my preteen and teenagers, actually, because I don't, I'm aware that um, I have such, such little time with them left before they go off and do their own thing. I have an 18 year old and he's leaving for college soon. And when he is open to time with me, I'm taking it, you know? So I'm experiencing actually less time now than ever versus when they were all in elementary school. It's the balance in your life and that feeling of fulfillment. Yeah. Uh, Right. And I, and I, you know, I know that it's fleeting. So my 18 year old has seen the gamut of my career and I'm reminded by him that it, time will pass and I have to have perspective always that, yes, I have a deadline, but if there's a crisis at home, the crisis has to be tended to first, yes. you know? Absolutely. I completely agree. So yeah, it's like triage, nursing triage. Like yeah. <laughs> if a woman comes in and she's crowning, like everything has to stop. Like, yes. So <laughs> crowning means that the baby's definitely coming. And yes. The baby's coming. Yeah. yeah. Oh, who do you like to read? Tim? Who do you like um, to I like, I like to read across the board. So right now I, I actually today just finished um, the bride test by Helen Huang. Yes. Which is a contemporary romance. It's so good. And I'm also reading The Light uh, Over London by Julia Kelly, which is a historical uh, historical fiction. What is the thing I've seen? Um, yeah, it was, it's great. And then I'm reading um, uh, The Song of Achilles by Madeline Miller. Wow. Yeah. So I'm... I, I'm, uh, I like to have books in different places and whatever I feel like reading, I'll pick up, but, um, I like to read the gamut and, uh, it just fuels me, you know, I'll pick up any book. Like if somebody tells me that they like a book, I'll, I'm willing to read the synopsis and, and pick it up. Um, I'm the same. Thank goodness for kindles. <laughs> Absolutely. Let me ask you something. What do you wish you knew about publishing? Um, at the beginning that you know now, is there something that you wish you could go back and tell yourself about? Yeah, um, I would say that, and I didn't figure this out until right before I wrote the book that actually got published, is um, uh, open your heart to writing more about yourself. You know, not about yourself like in a biography situation, but open your heart and write about the things that are your, you're most passionate about. When I was writing my first books, I wasn't really, I, I was writing books that I thought somebody else would like. 
you know. Um, and then later on, I realized with North to you, while I was drafting North to you, is that I wanted to write a book that I would like to read. Yeah. Um, and I think that was just because after a point in time, I was just like, I need to get published. I want to get published so bad. Like, what does everybody want to read? And, and those initial manuscripts were about that. And when I decided, okay, what, what is it? What do I love? And what would I want to read? When I made that conversion, I think that was when my feelings and my emotions went into the manuscript. I think that's like the best advice ever is then you can, as you say, you're authentic, you're pouring that passion into the book and readers sense it, you know, they sense that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And I hope, I hope so, especially with this book and the next one that's coming up. Um, I have a book coming out in 2020, uh, which has been uh, a challenge to write because I love it so much. Um, and I hope that it translates through then as well. Tell us about that book as much as you can. So we lost you again. So I'm just going to wait for you to come back on. Um, and uh, here, if you're there. Uh, oh, there we are. There you are. Hello. Hi. There can you hear me? Hello. Okay. Uh, my book coming out in the spring of 2020 is called Once Upon a Sunset. And it's about a mother and a daughter who find out that they have family that they hadn't expected. And they will travel to discover this newfound family. Yes. So it's, there's a some snippets of World War II in this book. Um, there's mother and daughter relationship that were book, as well as uh, love, uh, romance. And who's that coming out with oh, it's, gallery books as well? Excuse me. Is that coming out with gallery books as well? That's correct. It's yeah. with gallery books. So we'll probably see it in Barnes and Noble and Target. Yeah. I hope so. Yes, that's so. So, guys, you're going to have to keep an eye out for that. We'll, um, I'll be sharing the cover as soon as Tiff's allowed to share the cover. I don't know if you've got the cover for it yet, but once we get the cover, we'll share that too. So, that would, yeah, so we can have that. That would be fantastic. You'll be red list. Um, Yay! Is it on Goodreads yet? So, uh, yes. Okay, so you can add that to your to be red list. Yes. Goodreads, if you're over there. Yes. So where can we if I where can we find you online, Tiff? It's pretty much you've got your website, you're on Facebook. Yes, and I'm most active on Instagram. So the my Instagram handle is also Tiff Marcello. And I'm on Twitter in the mornings. Um, and that's also Tiff Marcello. So I'm I'm easily found. That's wonderful. And your pub, public yes. appearances, I know you're gonna be in New York. Yes. Writers yes. Conference. You're going to be there. Are you going to be signing at all? Yes, I'll be signing there. And I'm also going to be at a Polycon in March. Um, and a couple of, and I'm still forming up some events um, in the fall and in the spring. So 
just look out for that one for those things that was wonderful so you can actually go onto tiff's website and uh, check out those events if you want to go and get a book signed from her yay absolutely thank you so much tiff i'm so so thrilled that you were able to join us here on the romance show thank you so much for being here thank you too and and i'm sorry for the technical I think it's going to be fine because you kind of came back and we kind of okay, awesome. kept chatting. So I think it's going to be awesome. So thank you again, awesome. Tiff, for being here. Guys, thank you for joining us. Thank you. I appreciate you. Thank yeah. you. Yes, we appreciate you for listening in. And I know Tiff loves all her readers. So pop onto Facebook and leave her a message. Tell her um, how much you've loved her latest novel. The key to happily ever after, which if you go to your Target store, you're going to be able to snap this book up. Make sure you keep an eye out for it. Okay. Yay! Thank you so much. So thank you so much, and thank you again for joining us. Uh, we're on iTunes and SoundCloud. Um, we're on Authors on the Air. I want to give a shout out to Pam Stack, my producer. And if you've enjoyed the show, we'd love you to rate us too on iTunes. And that's it for me. Keep your...